Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and we're here cross time with Pastor Curtis. We are learning the wisdom of the cross in the book of Galatians. That's what every saint should be looking for is the redemptive plan of God in the Word of God. For through that plan of God, His Son on the cross for us is righteousness revealed to us, granted unto us. And God's Word, all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8, I just can't stop saying it. It's helped me. It's helped those who are listening to this uh, ministry. Uh, So we must always see everything in the Word through the Gospel. And there, there the Holy Spirit will be able to teach us the righteousness of God's Word. We'll be able to exercise our senses by the Word of His righteousness. And we'll find the life... That comes by righteousness, Romans 8.10. Hallelujah. If we be Christ, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life. Our spirit is alive because of righteousness. Praise God. That's good stuff. <clears throat> we are in the book to, of Galatians, chapter 4, but before we dig into that today, I want to remind you that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Every service, uh, the Romans teaching I'm presently doing, you can go to my YouTube channel and just click on playlist and get all the different uh, areas, the Romans, the Galatians, the, the Crossway Church worship services. Uh, there's even, we're now even dividing up the Crossway Church worship music has its own tab. And so you can listen to the music or you can go to the teaching and preaching and it's all free and it's all for you. Praise God. And uh, we do make CDs. We do make DVDs for those that would like some of those. You have to buy those. And, uh, and if you just uh, send us a message at curtishutchinsonatt.net, you can have a copy of the notes. You can have CDs, DVDs. I'll let you know how much they are. One more thing. We march on our determined conference this year uh, is September the 13th through the 16th. And uh, we have these ministers coming from out of town. These are all pastors, Wayne Voss, Mark Goldwire, Felix Almanza, Ross Kibido, Patrick Hatter, Preston Nasal, Luke Pogue, and Don Ragsdale. These are eight ministers coming in from different parts of this wonderful nation we live in. And uh, we'll be ministering starting that Thursday night at, at 6 p.m., and every night the services are at 6. During the day, Friday and Saturday, they're at 10, 2, and 6. Pastor Michael Abaganda will be with us from the Philippines uh, doing most of our praise and worship. And he is a, a, a treasure all in and of himself. He's anointed and used of God greatly in praise and worship. And I encourage you to come be a part of this uh, conference we're about to have. It'll be one you never forget. It is, again, it's not... I'm not even speaking except at the 8 o'clock breakfast uh, on Saturday morning, which is free to all who come. Uh, the breakfast will be served at 8. I'll be speaking at 8.30, just a few minutes there. And uh, on both of those, Friday and Saturday, both of those days, if you're here at the conference, lunch will be served to you free of charge. And we do have uh, polo shirts that you can uh, have if you'd like to buy one. They will not be at the conference for sale. They're only for sale if you send uh, online at thecrosswaychurch.com. Let us know you want one. We'll order it for you. Put your address on there in your size, and we'll order it. The last order has to be turned in by September 2nd if we're going to have them here for you when you get here. But we will not have them laid out for you to say, I want a shirt when you get here. They're, it's it's up until September 2nd, then it's over. They're $25 each. If we have to mail it to you, they're $28. Well, praise God. Let's get into the Word this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have your Word before us. Lord, to be able to look into your Word, to hold it in our hands, to allow you today to engraft it into our hearts. We ask you for a, the bread of life that only you can give, the greater revelation of the one who is our bread, Jesus Christ Himself. I pray that eyes would be opened, ears would be opened, hearts would be changed, and 
And, Lord, we would begin to hunger and thirst for your righteousness like never before. I pray that miracles would take place during the sharing of your word today. Salvation would take place, the biggest miracle of all. I pray that people would be healed, restored, and, Lord, experience the very presence of God as the, as the truth of the gospel is ministered this morning. We give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Once again, I'm glad you're with us today, whether you're here in the studio or you are watching online. Please share this and, and uh, with your friends, co-workers, and relatives. And if you live anywhere near Queen City, Texas, come and be a part of the Bible study. We're not trying to get you in our church. We're trying to get you in the Word. And uh, so, uh, praise God. We're here again this morning. Today is what? Uh, August the 24th, and uh, and this is, I don't know what session this is. Do you, Brother Terry? Apparently, we don't know what session it is, but we're in, i got to start writing that down again and remembering that. And uh, uh, 38, we're in session 38, again, August the 24th, 2018. i just like everybody to know where we're at when this was recorded. So one day after the rapture takes place, and maybe you never gave your life to Christ and you're watching it, you'll know how long ago it was and get saved when you watch it. Praise God. So chapter 4, and we will kind of do what I like to do, back up a verse or so, scratch our feet in the dirt before we take off running. Uh, Verse 6, Galatians 4, And because you are sons, children of God, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And as, as our Heavenly Father so wonderfully has done for us, He, he gave Heaven's best. He, he sent His Son in the fullness of times. We just read that last week to redeem those that were under the law. And not only did He send His Son, but to all those who would trust in Him, believe in Him, He sent His Spirit. Spirit. That's powerful. God, God is giving all that He is for us. He, He gave us His Son. He's given us His Spirit. And one day He's going to bring His entire kingdom right out of heaven and put it on the earth and reign from here forever and ever. What a mighty God we serve. And that's coming soon, I want you to know. That's coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And why he's talking about servant and servanthood and, and sonship, there's a differentiation here because he's talking about law and grace. Under law, we're just servants shut up until the faith he described at the end of chapter 3. Uh, under law, faith can't operate. Under law, you're under law, you're listening to law, and law says you can't obey me, but you better, but you can't go free because you're trapped, and that's what the Bible teaches. But when we accept the grace of God through faith in the death of the Son of God on the cross, we're redeemed from the law, and we're no longer servants, but we become the children of God. Not only children, but mature children, heirs. We step into a place of sonship. Airship, where we, we begin to experience the things of God, the things that Jesus died to provide us. There is a scripture, I didn't write it down, but uh, th- right at this moment, uh, I want to share it with you, paraphrasing in the New Testament somewhere, it says that God has given us His Spirit so that we will know the things that He has freely given to, unto us. See, it's by His Spirit. He had to give us His Spirit so that we could understand who He is, what He's done, who we are in Him, and all the things we have as children of God, as heirs of God in Christ Jesus. Whatever belongs to Christ belongs to us. Even the throne He's sitting on, He's promised for overcomers that they will sit on His throne with Him. Truthfully speaking, at this very moment, we're in Christ on that throne at the right hand of the Father. That's where we are, complete. It's a done deal. It's finished. But thanks be to God, He has put us here to be a light to shine to, to bear much fruit and to glorify our Father. That's our mission. And, uh, he, 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 and we, we always need to remember why we're studying the book of Galatians, why it was written, and who it was written to. 
it, we're studying this because the church is in this same boat again today. I personally believe it's never got out of this boat as a whole. This struggle that we're studying about in Galatians has been a struggle since, since the church began. And today it's just increasingly, overwhelmingly, the problem is even bigger than ever before. Most Christians, don't, when they read Galatians, they don't even see how it can affect them. They don't really even, most Christians don't even really know what's written in Galatians except two or three PowerPoint scriptures that they like to quote every once in a while to make them feel good. But the, but the, this letter was written to the church in Galatia because the legalist, the religious people, were trying to pull them away from the grace they'd been brought under and bring them back under law where, they, where Christ came to redeem them from. And they were trying to get them to, and we'll see this morning in Scripture, where Paul is showing that they're trying to get them back to observing the Mosaic law, the Mosaic feast, the Mosaic calendar. And but man, I, you just we we're not called to all that. We're called to observe Christ, looking unto Jesus, mm, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're not called to, to look at all the the if you want to look at the feast and the tabernacle and the calendar days and and all the things that pointed to Christ, go ahead if it's increasing your knowledge and strengthening your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. But if you start looking at all those other things and start leading your life according to those, they will dominate you. They will burden you. That's not what they're there for. All that was given to the people of God under law. All they could do under law was was look at what they'd been given by God ahead at the one that would come. But today, because He's come, we don't go backwards, my friends. That is types and shadows. We walk forward in the light with the one who is the light. Glory to God. And that's why this letter was written. And Christians today, uh, they don't understand that you can remove yourself from the one that called you. That You never hear Christians... Preachers even talking about that. What you hear Christians saying when they get sin in their life or they start going the wrong way. Well, praise God, He won't ever leave me or forsake me. You know, and they quote those scriptures that make them feel good, not knowing that that, while that is a truth, He won't leave you, He won't forsake you, but He can be grieved your 65 saved years on the planet. He can be grieved your entire 65, 75 saved years on the planet, you having removed yourself from Him 60 years ago, and 60 years later you're still quoting that He'll never leave me, He'll never forsake me, but the, but the experience of power and victory is not in your life. You just quote that verse to make yourself feel better, but in all reality, somebody should have read the Bible to you. You should have studied it for yourself. You should have seen that these Galatians had removed themselves from Him. Galatians 1 and 6. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Praise God for that. Grace is always available, but accessing that grace comes to us only when we place our faith in the cross and leave it there and fight the good fight of faith to keep it there. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith don't come through some experience. I'm having a good day. I must be living by faith. Hallelujah. No, faith is there at all times to be accessed. And these Galatians were being lied to. Yeah, you can't even be saved, they were telling them. You find that in the book of Acts. Unless you are circumcised, obeying the Mosaic law, observing these holidays, these calendar Mosaic feasts and festivals. And, uh, and, and that's why this was written. And, that, and the church today, they've gone back under law. How do I know that? You're judging, Pastor Curtis. All I got to do is listen to preachers. Either they're using God's Word to point to Calvary, or they're using God's Word to blast people and tell them how to have victory by what they do. And you can't. And when, when I'm telling you that you have to do something to be saved, or do something to be sanctified, or do something, you have to do something to experience the power of God 
deliverance from something that's got a hold of you, some sin that's besetting you. I've put a law before you, and now you leave thinking, well, if I do this, if I try harder, if I do these things, Pastor said, and that's law, my friends. That's not grace, because grace is freely imparted to you if your faith is in the cross. That's good news today. And you say, well, I've heard that, I'm hearing that, and that's all you ever talk about. And that's all I'm ever going to talk about. Because I am a preacher of righteousness, and righteousness only come through grace by faith in the cross. Whether it's your initial salvation or it's your daily salvation. I don't have anything else to talk about. I don't care if we're talking about Cain and Abel or Ezekiel. I don't care where we're at in the Bible. We're going to be talking about the cross of Christ, my friend, because that's what made their words have life in them and power to reach far ahead into the future and be concerning the one who is our righteousness. whole Bible's about Jesus. If every word of God is in righteousness and Jesus is our Lord of righteousness, and that's only imparted to us through His death, our faith in His death, then we need, and that's the only way that grace comes initially and daily, then the whole Bible, if if I'm hearing it and faith is coming, then it's got to be through the gospel because that's the only place righteousness is revealed. Amen, Brother Curtis. Folks who hear this, and that's just too plain, that's just too easy, there's got to be more, those are people who just the Word of God is not enough for them. The Word of God's enough for me. Many years now people have claimed, and, and I believe even even at this point, people still say about me, you're just a Word man, you're just a Word man. And it's those people that want to put away the Word and just have what they call a move of the Spirit. Let me tell you something today. You better watch out for those people. If faith comes, faith is going to bring a move of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God in the context in which it was written. Righteousness. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you you know that? Yeah, I know some of you are getting mad about that. But listen, you'll just have to cut those lies that's been holding you that's not true and let them go. How many of you know you can't let go of something? You can't make something let go of you until you grab a hold of what will make it let go. You can't make it let go. But when you grab a hold of the truth of Calvary, they will begin letting go of you. You can't wake up today and just decide for yourself, I'm not going to do that anymore because you ain't got no power to make decisions or or to, to carry those decisions out, I'll put it that way. But the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, can break every chain, cut every string, remove every sin that's easily besetting you if you'll come back under grace. Praise God. Now, I did a little preaching there. That's all right. We need it. We need it. Amen. We, you know, and I know what people mean by uh, we need a move of God. I understand that. But to have a move of God, you've got to have a Word of God. That's right. Amen. You can't just put the Bible on the shelf and say, we're going to have a move of God. No, we're going to get the Word of God, and God's going to move because faith is going to come. Faith is what allows God to move in our midst. Amen. Some, some folk need to be healed right now. Some folk need a miracle today or they're not going to make it. Today, millions probably, but people we know personally, there's some people I know right now that if they don't get a miracle from God, they're not going to make it. And we're believing God for the miracle. We're believing Him for a move of God. I'm believing Him for a move of God in our body. I'm seeing people uh, right now presently at Crossway Church coming to the altar that ain't never been to the altar. I'm seeing people uh, allow the Lord to bring them through dark seasons of their life because the gospel is the power of God. And if that's what we're preaching, listen, that's what they need. That's what allows the Holy Spirit to move. And and so... uh we get down here in verse 8, and, and, and let's don't lose sight of who he's talking to. These Galatians, who some have already departed. He's warning those that, 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 that are about to depart and trying to keep those you know that haven't to, to stay grounded in the truth that they've had when they begin. Watch this in verse 8. How be it... Let me get over here in my stuff. I don't want to leave anything out. How be it then, when you knew not God, when you were lost... You served, you you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. Think about that. When you and I were lost before we were born again, we were serving false gods. Even if it was us and we thought we were God. And that's what everybody really serves is self. We're God. 
And we realize that. I mean, you know, everybody's not cutting out rocks and painting them and blowing smoke on them and calling it God and worshiping a rock. But there are people that deceived. There are people uh, in the Philippines that have this one place, this Catholicism, that millions come every year and line up to go in this building where there's a big statue of Mary where one year she cried a tear of blood. And they think, they think that's a move of God. How can they be that deceived? It's very simple, because they don't believe the Word of God. They claim they do, but they don't believe the Word of God. Their faith is not in Jesus Christ, therefore they cannot understand and will continually reject the Word of God even if they say they believe it. Because until your faith is in the Son of God, the Word of God can't do anything for you. All the Word of God can do if you're lost is point you to the Son of God. Once you accept Him for the uh, sacrifice for your sins that God sent, then your eyes are opened and then the Holy Spirit in that avenue of righteousness that you just stepped into can begin to reveal God's Word of righteousness to you. So He can lead you in the path of righteousness and you can bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. Amen. So, and this is what we were all doing before we met God in the person of His Son. We might have been worshiping money. We might have been worshiping ourselves. We were all worshiping something because here's what you can't get away from. If you're born into this world, you're a worshiper when you get here. You you, you didn't know that, did you? Yeah, you're a worshiper. God created us to be worshipers of Him. So until we know Him, we're worshiping something else. But we're going to worship something. And you know the story of Paul when he's shipwrecked and he floats on a plank of wood out to this island and he finds a bunch of people living on the island. They worshiping everything from the bark on the tree to the tree frogs, the sun, the moon, anything they can see, they worshiping. They looking for God. They 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 they, they just looking for God. And if you're looking for God and you don't know God, you'll worship all sorts of things as God, including yourself. And Paul gets bit by a snake trying to get some sticks together because he's cold and wet to light a fire to get warm and dry it off. And snake bites him and Paul shakes it off. And they said, oh, he, he's, he's cursed of, of the gods. He's been bitten by that kind of snake, you know. And, and he shakes it and throws it off and nothing happens to him. And they say, oh, well, he is a god. So they're just constantly going to worship because we are worshipers. But the Bible says God is looking for true worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And both of those things speak of the place He's given us salvation is in His righteousness, in Christ, in, in the spirit and in truth. That means through faith in the cross, we're true worshipers. Amen, Brother Curtis. Amen, yes. After coming to know God on a personal basis, the Galatians were turning back. But notice this, when people turn back, and they weren't just going back out to live in the bars and the and the and the harlot houses. They they were turning back away from where God brought them while thinking they were still serving God. They were being lied to, like preachers get in the pulpit today and use God's word outside of its righteous context, even though they're sweet, polite, hospitable, pay your bill for you every once in a while, buy your shoe. I'll just have this appearance of love and care, and and they may be loving and caring, but if they're sharing God's word outside of his righteous context then they're pointing you back in the Spirit to be under the law. That's what they're doing. Even in ignorance, we can do that. These people were not just turning away from God in their minds, but they were turning away from God in the mind of God. Think about that. They didn't turn away from God in their minds. They turned away from God in the mind of God. That's why Paul had to stand up and rebuke Peter. Peter had been all of a sudden fearful, made fearful, and uh, doubt come in, and he thought, well, I, I just ain't quite sure of this thing yet, even after all he'd been to, which reveals to us today, no matter what you've seen, no matter how many Gentiles you've seen saved, Peter, you still fell into fear and joined the ranks of the legalizers, because there is power among the legalizers, it's just not the power of God. And that power that's there can, can lead you back, through your flesh, the lust of your flesh, back under law. And in your mind, you still love the Lord. 
you still want to serve God. But the devil and your flesh and the liars, uh, those under law, uh, if they can get your attention and you let them speak into your life, they'll bring you back under the law they're bound in, even though they think they're helping you. They're not. They thought they were helping. Preachers today think they're helping. It don't matter what you think. I thought I was helping people for years, but I was helping destroy them. Now, that's a sad statement, but the honest preacher is going to admit that when he grabs a hold of the truth of God's Word just because I cried tears with them, I told them things they needed to do if they wanted God to deliver them, and I helped destroy them. I didn't point them to the cross. That was the place that God could have helped them. I didn't point them there. They told me they were already saved, and in my ignorance and not knowing what I should have known, I began to tell them, well, if you're already saved, this is, these are the things you need to do if you want God to deliver you. And I helped send people to the penitentiary. I helped cause divorce. I helped cause literally death. I helped destruction have its way in families. And preachers are doing that today outside of the righteous context of Calvary. And somebody said, Amen. I hate that to look back and see what I did. And preachers who would hear me today and just disagree with this, love me enough to call me, email me, tell me where I'm missing it. Tell me where I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. If I'm missing it, I want to know I'm missing it. Amen. I wish somebody would love me enough to tell me when I'm wrong. I'm, I'm here every Friday morning telling you where you've missed it. Paul wrote a letter telling the Galatians where they missed it. Paul stood up and rebuked Peter when Peter missed it. Thank God for somebody. Even Jesus came and said, look, you've missed it. I'm the one. They crucified him. And he said, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You can be doing something with all your heart and call it a move of God. And it will not be a move of God in the mind of God. And these Galatians, they still love the Lord. They were just being lied to. And if you follow the ones lying to you, you're going to walk in the lie they're walking in. That's why this thing of family, bloodline family, and denominationalism and all that stuff, man, that will hold you clamped so tight. You will make excuses every week as to why you've not left that church that's not preaching the cross. Oh, you're hearing it and you want him to preach it, but he's not preaching it. He says cross every once in a while, and and, and but he's not preaching this message, and and, and you want him to, but he's not. But but then you begin to make up excuses as to why you're not leaving. Well, they need me because I have the knowledge of the truth. No, listen, the best thing that could happen to them is you get up and get out like God's telling you to do so they can wonder why and ask you why and you can share with them why God is moving you on to a place where there's like precious faith where we all are speaking the same thing. Our words seasoned with grace that only flows from the Word of God through the cross of Christ. Somebody be getting something this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When we go back under law, we surely turn back away from the one who called us. Galatians 1.6. Let's go back this morning. Put our eyes on it. It's better when your eye bub see it instead of the preacher just always quoting it. Paul says, let me get a little deeper than that. The Holy Spirit says to this church in Galatia, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Hmm. Which is not another, Paul goes on to say, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, I hope that there are no preachers, and I, but I know there are, because they're in every town in America, who are using God's Word to even point to Jesus and point to His cross, but saying that's not enough. You also have to. That puts them in the boat as these Judaizers, these legalizers, because there is no but or and you have to, Jesus by Himself, Hebrews 1-3, purged us from our sins. Some of you listening to me right now are in churches where you go to church every week and you don't even know that your preacher is a oneness preacher. It's hidden from the congregation because they don't preach their doctrine. They don't even believe you can be born again unless you're dipped in a water tank, baptized in water, in the name of Jesus, that formula. 
They don't believe you can be saved unless you're baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. They have all these things that they don't preach, but what they do so subtly is the same thing the Judaizers did and all false ministers do. They look for those that have a great desire to serve God, a great hunger to serve God, and they grab a hold of them and they take advantage of them knowing that they're so hungry and willing to be used by God and for God that now they can put their deception, they can speak the law that's speaking unto them into those. And they'll believe it because they respect them. They look up to them. And they're going to pay a greater price at the judgment day. James wrote, there's going to be double judgment for those that claim to be teachers and were called to be teachers who led God's people back under law instead of under grace. It's freely given through the death of Jesus. Glory to God. I'm glad that I've been saved from hell and, and saved from religion, saved from all this denominational stuff, saved from uh, putting my family above Jesus. I'm still being saved every day from my Myself. I'm not going back under law. We still tap-toe around with it sometimes. We still uh, find ourselves back into some false thing. Don't say it can't happen because it happened to Peter. Peter preached on Pentecost, 3,000 saved. Peter preached to the house of Cornelius, the Gentiles, and watched the first Gentile be- uh, 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 people be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, all these things Peter experienced. And then Peter even was moved with uh, 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 he was deceived and, and by liars, Judaizers, who have the law still speaking to them because they wouldn't accept the way of Christ in His cross. And if the law is speaking to them, they're going to try to let the law speak to you through them. And listen, you don't ever need to forget that the Lord ain't never going to... I say He ain't. We in Texas. He ain't never going to lead you back under law. Galatians 5.18. Let's flip over a page. We're not there yet. Boy, when we get to chapter 5, we may be there till the rapture. But verse 18 is a powerful scripture. Very powerful. One of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament. And notice it's written in this letter to these people who were leaving daily going back under the law. Being lied to. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. That tells me the Spirit of God will never lead anybody to the place where Christ redeemed them from. The law. And the law is not just the Ten Commandments. The law is anything you tell yourself or some preacher tells you or some author of a book tells you, if you'll do this or this and this or this, this and this, God will deliver you from that cigarette, that dope, that alcohol, that pornography, whatever that sin that's got you bound. If you do these things, that's law. If you do, that's law. Let me say it again. If you do, that's law. Law is what you do. Grace is what He did. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And people will say, I hear you. It sounds good, but let me say, if they've got a but at the end of the cross, you better get out of town from them. You better let them go. I don't care if they're paying your light bill. You better find somebody else to pay your light bill because they're poisoning your life. They're not being used by the Spirit of God. Think about this. Paul is being used by the Spirit of God to write this letter because... The Spirit of God is no longer leading these people because they're being led back under the law. Spirit of God's not going to do that. Spirit of God may lead you, will lead you to study the Scriptures of the Old Covenant because they were symbolic of Christ. But He will never, the Spirit of God will never lead you to law. He'll never lead you back under law. He'll never lead you to a place where you do for salvation. He, there are many works. Some people hear this and say, well, I guess I can just sit on my couch then, preacher. I don't have to do anything. No, we're talking about doing for salvation, doing for sanctification, doing for deliverance. All that's in the cross. There are many works that must be walked in that we're ordained to walk in, Ephesians 2.10, but we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to walk in those works ordained from the foundation of the world. Many works, but can't none save you. Andrew's got a, a friend. He's been 
debating with and shared it last week. And the young man, bless his heart, he's in a church. They've noticed his desire to serve God, his love for God. And, and, and I hope that's what it is. A lot of times it's just a desire to be seen and heard or to be different. But uh, they've, they've grabbed him and they begin to teach him things and th- that, you know, yes, Jesus, yes, the cross, but we also have to. Listen, there ain't no, but we also have to. Mm-mm. That wasn't even the case with the Galatians. The Galatians were being told, and you can read it in the book of Acts. If you go back and listen to all of these Galatian sessions, you'll see we taught this. They were being told, you can't be saved without the law of Moses. So they were flat out rejecting Christ. Amen. Watch this now. They were serving, They were when they didn't know God, they were serving... The, Things that were not God's. Verse 9 says, But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God. See, and you say, you know, I get tired, you know, and I do it sometimes. Well, Paul, what was Paul thinking? Paul was just saying what the Holy Spirit told him to say. So when Paul writes things, it's beyond Paul. It's beyond him. The Holy Spirit, and I know a lot of preachers today are are taking what Paul said and trying to rearrange it. Some of them even taking it out of the Bible. Listen, Paul's the one that God gave the revelation of the cross. You better not take anything he wrote out. The Bible declares if you remove from this book, your name will be removed from the Lamb's book of life. Now, you know what? That's serious to me. And the people that remove stuff out of this book with their own human psychological evaluations of, of why it should be removed, your name's going to be removed out of the Lamb's book of life. Because you, you're playing God when you remove from the Word of God. You, you, you have vain imaginations that have exalted themselves above the knowledge of God. And instead of taking those thoughts, those imaginations to the obedience of Christ, you've let them capture you and take you away from the place where faith can truly come, the Word of God. You can't take away from the Word of God. Well, once you're saved, it doesn't really matter what you do. Let me tell you something, son. The Bible says if you take away from this Word, your name will be taken out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe something else? You probably ripped that page out of the Bible too. It doesn't matter. You ought to be listening to my Romans teaching right now. This next uh, Monday, uh, you know, it, it will be at the part in Romans chapter 3 where God says it don't matter if anybody's living for Him. Let all men be a liar and God be just. God be true. God, listen, if the whole world in the church just threw in the towel today, let's just put it out there. If something floated out of the sky today in a big piece of metal... And some weird creature got off of that thing, and it landed on Washington, D.C. It's on CNN, it's on Fox News, it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And it begins to tell people, don't you know why you're here? I created you. The only reason you have a Bible all these years is is because you live in fear of not knowing what's going to happen when you die. I'm telling you, half the church would throw the Bible out and follow that funny-headed looking dude. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the book of Galatians is, tr- is, is proof of that. We're so gullible. If you're not clinging and fighting to cling to the truth wherewith He saved you, does the Bible not say that in the last days many will fall away from the faith? It says some, but it means many. Being seduced by doctrines of devils, and that would surely be a, a doctrine by a devil. Because God ain't said nothing about sending no spaceship with something funky, anything like that. And that ain't going to happen more than likely, but I just use that as an example to tell you how easily we can be seduced. If we're putting one thing before Christ, we're eligible to be seduced. Even if it's I'm putting my wife before Christ, my kids before Christ, I'm entering into a place, Jesus said, I can't even be His disciple. That means I can't follow him. I can't learn of him. If I put anybody, if anybody, I'm allowing anybody to keep me from walking in the truth that I'm supposed to be walking in. And see, that's the danger of these Galatians. Paul already told them, you've removed yourself from him. In the next chapter, if we ever get there, chapter 5, he says that Christ can no longer profit you or affect you because you've fallen from grace. 
didn't say you lost your salvation. Part of the reasoning of this letter by the Holy Spirit to them is so they won't get that far as to throw their salvation completely out the window. But if you claiming you're saved and you're reading the words of promise and all the benefits and you're not experiencing them because you're back under law, eventually you, a lot of people are just going to throw in the towel. The devil's going to lie to them and say, you know, you might as well throw in the towel. Look at all these promises. Why aren't, why aren't you experiencing these promises? And it's mainly because because they've been led back under the law where there is no experience of the promises. There's only a pointing to the, the promises of God under law. The experience of them is under grace. And grace is only in a human being's life only because they've placed their faith in the death of Jesus and left it there. And we move our faith from that when we buy the purpose-driven book and we begin to highlight things in there. Those things we highlight are things we're putting up on a high place. Oh, well, I need to be doing this, and I need to be doing that, and maybe maybe I can find greater power. Maybe I can find victory over this thing. No, you're, all of your victory, all of the will of God is only found for your life through the cross. Oh no, brother, the Word of God. And that's what, that's what this young man's grandmother a couple of months ago, uh, sent me a message. And, and, and after one of my posts, it was just like it always is on, on social media, and ended up telling me, no, it's just about being in prayer and the Word. Well, you can pray till your face turns blue and you pass out, and you can stay in the Word uh, 18 hours out of 24 every day. And if you're not looking at the righteousness through the gospel at God's Word, prayer and the Word, not gonna help you one bit. Not gonna help you one bit. The 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 people over in in in, in uh, uh, Jerusalem right now in Israel, they still go and and to the prayer wall, I think, and still pray every day. It ain't doing them a lick of good, cause heaven ain't listening to them until they accept Christ. He, Jesus said He's the only way to the Father. That doesn't just mean salvation. That means even in my praying. That's why Jesus taught, you pray the Father in my name. I don't care how long you pray, how, how much Scripture you can quote. If you're quoting it out of context, then it ain't doing you no good. Amen. That's, but that's where the church is today. Well, I, read, you know, I, I stay in the Word every day. Well, good for you, but is faith coming? Because if faith, but faith can't come unless it's the Word of God in its righteous context. And that means seeing it through the finished work of Christ, the Gospel. Amen. The reason people can hear this, Christians, same reason Galatians could read this letter, and I'm sure some probably came home, I hope so, some didn't go that were going to go, and some that uh, uh, were there and grounded said, thank God for that letter. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that letter. But I'm also sure some just went on and left anyway. I don't need that Paul stuff. I don't need that. I'm going to stick with my uncle. I'm going to stick with my Aunt Lucy out there. You know, surely they love me enough they wouldn't lead me wrong. I don't care who they are. Your mama will lead you wrong if you let her. If she's not leading you to the cross of Jesus Christ, she's leading you wrong. She loves you. She wants what's best for you. The Judaizers, I believe, wanted what was best for these Galatian believers because they thought they had the best. But if you are living a lie, Jesus said, if what you're calling light is really darkness, how great is that darkness? And the Word of God is only light to us if it's in its righteous context. Mm. Man, this is just good stuff this morning. It's good stuff this morning. We need this. The church needs this. But now, after that you have known God, and or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? Now, if you would have interviewed these people, and you interview those who are rejecting the cross today, they're not going to tell you, and they wouldn't have told you then, uh, uh, why are you going back to the Judaizers, sir? Don't you know it's because you're, you're desiring bondage? Oh, no, I'm not desiring bondage. I'm going to be more free than ever now. And James even told Paul, and, and go back and listen to our teaching. It's all scriptural. I'm just telling you what we've taught. Go back. You'll hear every session. James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, told Paul there are more people today uh, coming to Christ and who are now more zealous for the law than ever before. See, there's a desire there. Here, here's, the, here's the danger. 
of being zealous for God without the wisdom of God. Being hungry for the things of God without the wisdom of God. A hungry person go eat anything. If you hadn't eaten in a week and somebody, I don't care if they offer you an old nasty looking hot dog that fell out on the ground, you're going to pick it up and eat it. You're hungry. Now the devil can take advantage of that. Because when, 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 when the devil sees that you're really hungry for a move of God and, and that you're willing to, to, to cry out to God and to step in and to seek Him, He's going to come. Your flesh and, and let's, let's say the, the spirit of Antichrist, your flesh, demons, and everything else is going to come and try to influence you. It's going to happen. When did the devil come to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? Not till he got hungry. When you get hungry for the things of God, you better make sure you find somebody who's eaten from the table God has prepared. Because if I'm talking about the message of the cross. That's what's on the table God has prepared. The flesh and the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, you don't eat my flesh, drink my blood. You have no life within you. Think about that. So what's on the table... That's there in the presence of our enemies that we can partake of that makes the enemy turn and flee is the message of the cross. If what's on the table is what you got to go do to try to run the devil off, and that's what's on most tables in most churches because if you go in there, you'll see they're shouting down the devil. And I want to tell you something, the devil's shouting right alongside you laughing at you. He's laughing, having a good time in your church with you every week until somebody puts their faith in the cross and begins to preach that message that took the power of death away from him, crushed his head, the smile goes off his face. He's reminded that he is a liar. He's reminded that he is defeated. He's reminded that he has no power over you any longer. He's reminded of a whole lot of things, not because you tell him, but because your faith is in what shows him. Glory to God, that's good stuff. The devil ain't running from you because you tell him to turn and run. The devil's going to flee from you when you resist him steadfast in the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. But Paul tells them, now this is pretty amazing, because the Holy Spirit through Paul, I better say it that way, is God reminding these Galatians of the way God thinks versus what you think. Because again, they would not under interview, speaking of the microphone a little clearer, sir, don't, why are you wanting to go back under bondage? I'm not wanting to go back under bondage. I'm wanting to find more liberty and freedom, and I believe it's in what these guys are offering. If I'll do these things, I'll experience more of the liberty and the freedom. They wouldn't say that, but it, it don't matter what's right here and what's right here. It matters what's in the mind of God, and what's in the mind of God has come out in the Word of God. Because words are thoughts expressed. So the Word of God is what God thinks expressed to us. Amen. So when Paul says, But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of Him, how turn you again, they have turned, to the weak. God calls it weak and beggarly. Now think about what Paul's talking. Now Paul wouldn't go over good today. He didn't go over good then. People who don't like my preaching, they don't like Brother Swaggart's preaching, they're not really following what Paul taught anyway. Because Paul did three things. He preached, he warned, and he taught. It's that middle part that scares people today. That warning. Well, I don't believe we ought to do all that warning. I heard on the positive, encouraging Caleb the other day, which do play good music, but when they start trying to talk ministerial ministry things, you better just turn it off because they don't have a clue. They, they were talking about people who get on social media and say negative things about other religions. Well, what do they want us to do? Now, I know we shouldn't condemn people. We shouldn't. And, and, but we should point out, as Paul did, as John the Baptist did, as our Lord, Jesus did. Jesus called Peter Satan. Jesus told these legalists that were trying to get people out of the church, I don't know if it was saying people, but he told them their daddy is the devil. 
See, these people that can't stand the warning, I just ain't listening to them. All they do is try to tell everybody that's out there that's wrong, so that means they think they're the only ones that's right. You thought the same thing about Paul had you walked with him. You would have thought the same thing about Jesus had you been there walking with him. And let me tell you something about then versus now. Whoever you would have been then is who you are now. Whoever you are now is who you would have been then. If you don't like the warning, you wouldn't have liked Jesus. You wouldn't have liked Paul. Somebody said amen up in here. Oh, if I could have only been with Jesus in that day, you'd have been just who you are today. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a disciple of Christ today, a follower of Christ, then you would have followed Him then. <clears throat> if you're a, <clears throat> a really a true believer who hangs on to the Word of God and you live according to the Word of God, you would have been in the group that Paul said, we believe. We. Paul wrote we a lot of times. There ain't no bunch of we's going on today. There's a bunch of we in my church and we in my group but we as far as paul's group and we preach christ crucified we that's a different we there whoever you are today oh i know you're saying well you're trying to put me under law now i'm trying to get you back under grace if you've left it because you can leave it based on this letter to the galatians let's go we, we probably not going to make it out of this ninth verse today but now, after that you have known God, how precious is that? Or rather, the Holy Spirit says, not only have you known God, but He knows you. Now, you know how precious that is? Because if you think about judgment at the great white judgment seat, uh, the great white throne judgment of God, when all those people there, it's over for them. There's no mercy no more for them. They're just looking at bowing the knee, confessing, you are Lord, you are right, you've always been Lord, I rejected you, and I'm entering into the lake of fire. Listen, Jesus is going to tell those that I prophesied in your name, I cast out devils in your name, I did many wonderful works in your name. Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. You see how precious this is now? The Holy Spirit through Paul is saying, not only do you claim to know God, but He knows you. Hallelujah. Man, we could shout all the way to Dairy Queen this morning. He knows you. He knows your name. I was telling Robin last night, I kind of go out there on a limb sometime. Preachers do. And, and, and I was telling her, and I was sharing this with Kathy before uh, you other folks got here this morning, that before God put anybody into this on this earth, into into this life. He 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 already knew what you would believe, what you wouldn't believe, who you'd be he already knew all that. He didn't listen, he didn't determine what you would believe. He determined the consequences of what you would believe. We need to always remember that. He didn't make you to send you to hell. He made you in His own image to bear His image. And He made you out of His good pleasure. And He says that He desires none be lost, but that all be saved. So that eliminates the faults where, where Calvin missed it. But He took... He had all the billions of players over here. Let's call them players, men and women. He had them all over here and nothing out there. But he takes Adam and he puts him in the, in the system. I know this is kind of weird illustration. But then he took Eve and he put her in. He actually pulled her out of the first one he put in. And then he put Abel in. Cain, rather, first. And then he put Abel in. See, God is taking individuals, He's putting them in to His plan. When He wants them in, where He wants them in. Amen. He knew what was going to happen to Abel. He knew what Cain was going to do to Abel. But He put them in right then together. He put Saul in the plan. People crying out for a king, wanting to be like the world. Well, He'll give them one like the world. But when he put Saul in, guess who else he put in? Whoop, I got one right over here for Saul. He put David in. Yeah. All these people in the world today that's in your path, in your life, in your whatever, that he put, he put them all, I said God put them all where he put them. He took you and he put you right there. Just like he did Esther for such a time that she lived in. He put us here for such a time as this. He put some in because he knew they wouldn't believe. He 
at this time. He put some in because he knew they would believe. He already knows who's going to believe, who's not going to believe, and he's the one who puts us here. Is that true? He's the one who puts us here when he puts us here, where he puts us. But it's all according to his plan. So don't be mad you're where you are or, 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 or when you're here. I wish I'd have lived 200 years ago. Well, I can understand the dreaming aspect of that, wanting to ride a horse out through a country nobody's ever been in. Well, that's okay to dream that, cowboy. Go ahead. But you need to be thankful God put you here where He put you. And listen, the reason He put you here is to represent Him. And if we're not doing that, then we're not here. We're not functioning in, in the why we're here. And listen, there's going to come a day when, bill, can you hear me today, billions are going to stand before Christ Jesus at the great white throne judgment. And they're going to make excuses. I did this, I did that. We weren't like our neighbors doing, they got drunk every night. We never did that. It's not going to just be prophesying in good works. That's just a part of it. They're going to make up every excuse under the sun because they're still of a lost mindset that thinks they can twist the mind of a judge like they did when they walked in this evil world. But that mind of Christ cannot be changed, twisted, altered. When He says, I never knew you, that's going to be the most horrible words they've ever heard. I'm bringing this out today because the Holy Spirit is telling these Galatians through the Apostle Paul, God knows you. Why turn away from the God who knows you? The God who said, let there be light and there was. Listen, it's when we start reducing God down to just some old buddy and just some old, uh, like we are. And I know God became a man, Christ. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in our value of Him, our reverence to Him. We just reduce Him down to nothing. Listen, knowing God is the most precious thing that exists in the whole world. Knowing God, the Bible says in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. But now, after you have known God, they're trying to lead you away from God. Or rather, are known of God. How turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? Now, we've got about three minutes left, so I, I told you we wasn't going to get out of this. One verse here. Your desire is not what you necessarily think it is. That's true. Here's the proof of it. These people, I'm sure... They did not think they were turning away from God. They actually, through their desire for God, were moved away from God. Moved away from the one that knew them, from the one they knew. Moved away from where they'd been brought to, grace. They were being pulled away. And in the mind of God, the only mind that counts, which you can hear about, learn about, in the Word of God, because the Word of God comes from the mind of God, and that's all that matters. In the mind of God, they were turning away from Him. When we leave the cross and we go to anything else for an object of faith, it doesn't matter. We think, if I do this, I'll be closer. If I do this, I'll find power. If I do this, I can be used. If I do this, I, I can be delivered. No, it's not about our doing. It's about His having already done. See, He paid it all, not only for sin, initially for our entrance into the kingdom, but He paid it all for our daily bread, our daily sanctification, our daily everything with Him. I don't need to do anything except what He's doing through me. So, the Bible here teaches that if you turn from what brought you in, the gospel, the message of the cross, you turn away not only from God and His plan falling from grace, but you also are desiring whether you know it or not. Deception is, I don't know that I don't know. 
That's deception. I don't know that I don't know. If you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived because you think you're right. So it doesn't matter what they say, what they thought, how they felt. It matters what God's Word says. Because we don't live by sight. We don't live by feeling. We don't live by what they say or even what we th- We live by faith. That comes by hearing the Word of God in its righteous context, which means through the Gospel. Amen. So even if I think I'm doing these things, and that's where the rub is with most of the church against the message of the cross, well, I know the cross got me in, but now to find the power of God, I'm in this thing, man, you ought to be a part of it. You know, I've learned that if I'll tithe up to this pastor and that pastor ties up to that pastor, that there will be a powerful move of God in my finances. Look, that's the focus of that's money. It's not the gospel. And my desire may be I think for the Lord, but my desire has been changed. I've been deceived. That's what Paul says. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's desires that take us back to bondage. Think about that. Now, I'm out of time. But the wrong desire, the, the, the wrong object of faith will take that desire you have, and that desire you have for God, if it's not proper faith, will lead you into bondage. Isn't that something? The object of faith is so important. If it's not the message of the cross, what Christ did at Calvary, that same desire that you have for God will lead you into bondage. That's Bible. Next week, we'll pick it up right here. I love you. God bless you. And until next week, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.